Hi everyone, and welcome back to Damn Parenting, your English-speaking parenting podcast from Amsterdam. And as always, we are your hosts Maren and Eva. And today we are talking tantrum town, father's tantrums. We've all lived through them. We've all feared them and we all have survived them. That's the good thing, right? We all came out. We're still breathing. We were just bracing ourselves for the next one. And today we just want to have a heartfelt conversation. Just Eva and I chatting about the experiences we had with tantrums. When were they triggered and what is the general guideline that we're following? And this is not we're not psychologists. We're not talking big concepts or whatever we leave that to Naomi this is just me and Eva sharing how we survive the storms I'm kind of like googling away here and one of the things it says is tantrums are common in eight children age one to three years I didn't have much tantrums to be honest between like in the years one and two I didn't really actually have tantrums I've only noticed it really in the last months so I don't know why they say one to three but I mean like yeah that's my situation mm -hmm. what was it for you I think when I really started noticing like concentrated outbursts that something that I would consider a tantrum where it was really like these typical picture books screaming like out of body experience for the little ones I think they started around 18 months or something like that oh yeah so one of the mm -hmm. things we did, by the way, was we did sign language because we did sign language because mm -hmm. we thought that was going to help reduce frustration with mm -hmm. trying to communicate. So that was always the biggest thing for me was we started when she was a few months old, I think, and it was just a case of repetition. I don't know if that was the reason we avoided it, mm -hmm. but yeah. We didn't do sign language because we already have two languages at home plus then the third language outside. So I thought, let's not throw in another one here. And also to be quite honest I was just also too lazy to do it so I thought all right it's gonna be another better thing on my plate but kudos to you and I can definitely in a picture perfect world I would have definitely done it because I think it can add a lot of benefits to I mean it's never gonna hurt right yeah and I I would have loved to have kept it up, but unfortunately I was doing the ASL, American Sign Language, and in the Netherlands yeah. they do a very different one, so we didn't keep it up. But moving back to the tantrums, so yeah, so they say between one and three, but they do say older children can have tantrums, and it's because they haven't yet learned safe ways to express or manage feelings. Yeah. Now, that's just children in general. <laughs> we already discussed this. I mean, a brain is not fully formed until a child, as they would say, is until they're 25. So, yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, that also includes teenage years as well. So, yeah, so for both the toddlers and older children, okay, so they address four issues here that are things, the reasons why tantrums can be triggered. So the first one is the temperament. So things like how quickly and strongly a child can react to things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I mean, like their their personality, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it's so very little that we can control. Right? Exactly, it's like they're either firehead. I have already noticed. I mean, it's so funny that you can. I before I became a mom, and I've already heard this like, oh, babies have their own personalities, and like, what personality is a baby gonna have, right? But now that I have a child, I can already. And thinking back to my pregnancy. I can already yeah, see that she had this character already 
when she was inside of me because I've already had fights with her when she was still in my belly and like this random thing of and I see this in her now she has like like head through wall kind of energy and like that's the way she wants it and she's very outspoken and like heart strong willed and these little fights that I had with her when she was when she I think it was like at the end of my pregnancy like nine eight nine months and i wanted to lay on my side and i know that she can move right but she insisted on being that exactly at the spot in my belly where i could not lay on the side and i would be like no you move over i am lying on my side now and i would literally have this conversation with her where i was like no and i would poke her even but she was like uh-uh you can lie differently because this is gonna be my spot and i'm so funny that now I'm also having these conversations with her and she's like oh ah, that's that's how it's done and and I'm yeah not reacting to that or accompanying that or yeah enabling that so yeah that was funny how I could already see yeah they they come out with their own personalities and I guess this is they're reacting more emotional or not I guess this is something we can do little very little about exactly we just you know you got to learn the personalities and start trying to figure out ways to work with them. So the next one is actually, I mean, hunger. I mean, we all get hangry or tiredness mm -hmm. or stress or overstimulation, those kind of situations. I mean, that happens everyone. So, I mean, hopefully we can do a like a rewind and think about it. Uh, we did talk about on a previous episode, like one of the things about pregnancy was for me, it's a case of are we dehydrated or are we sleep deprived? And that's where we're yeah. at in our relationship, trying to converse yeah. with each other here yeah. as two parents. So, yeah, for me, that was always those are the dehydration and tiredness. But, yeah, obviously, you've got hunger and stress and overstimulation as well. So little ones. I can only imagine that it's a case of, yeah, their bodies are tired and they're fighting it. Or sometimes they don't know what hunger is, so they don't know how to address it. And yeah, overstimulation through noises, visual, oral, like, I mean, all these different things that are normal for us as adults, but they actually have a very different perception of it. One thing when you talk about overstimulation, where this is a big factor and I really had to step back and really assess the situation. One very typical thing is when I a day of daycare and then when they come home and my daughter just wants to like watch TV. And in the beginning, I was like, oh, no, we have to do something like meaningful now. And now we have to color and play and this. And then I thought she's just coming from a whole day of playing. He is exhausted. And now mommy wants to do a fun activity with her where she has to keep up the attention and the focus and the concentration. And I thought, no, she doesn't need any stimulation right now. She just needs to sit. And I'm okay with letting her watch TV. I mean, if you're not, then something that reading a book or listening to music or like doing something quiet where it's not the child doesn't have to pay attention to like a puzzle or even drawing, it's like holding a pencil. For us, obviously, it's nothing. But for them, holding a pencil is a big act of concentration because they don't know how to do it yet and they still have to practice. So this is really a big thing where then my own thing that I have going on, like, oh, I need to do it the, the perfect way or I, I need to do this now and provide this activity. I'm like, no, who's just coming from a full day of work because that's work for her, interacting and also 
They need to socialize. They need to wait their turns. They need to adhere to different rules. They need to, they have different teachers there. So they need to listen to three different, they're not having different approaches, but they're still having different personalities. I mean, like I, me and my husband have different personalities. So really letting that sink in this whole work. And then I'm sitting here and I want her to freaking color. I'm like, I would be throwing the pencil across the room if I was in her position. So really like stepping back and assessing what is going on in her world and in her reality right now, right? Yeah, that's, I think someone said they hold in their emotions when they're yeah. away from us being in school or daycare. And when they come back, the reason they kind of have these tantrums is they've held them in the whole time and what they need the most is connection at that point, which is getting down yeah. to their eye level, hugging them. You can read books with them. And it's really hard because we have to make dinner. You yeah. know, we're on a schedule and we have to make sure that we're adhering to dinner buffer a certain time because you've got the bath and you've got the bedtime routine. And so it can be really hard. That's also when, when especially on daycare days, when we come home, I usually try to rush into it, but then I kind of check in with her and if she asks yeah. to read a book, I'm like, okay, you need me. So let's just, you know, yeah. we can, you know, skip a bath or we can go to bed maybe 10 minutes later. No problem. Because yeah. it's basically to try and avoid the tantrum, I guess, as it were, is to try yeah. and appease and make sure she's actually feeling okay and connected. Yeah. yeah. The fourth one they say is uh, situations that children just can't cope with. So I'm probably thinking off the top of my head in Albert Hine, in I don't know what aisle and they see something they want and you're like no so God knows we've seen them on TV we've seen them in real life I mean it's hard when a child's like yeah you know I want to help out let's get this and you're like well actually we don't need that no and then yeah, yeah they feel like they're not maybe having a voice or and what also plays into this situation in particular being in public is a lot of times and I really I have rigorously let this go but I remember that a lot of times I got so nervous about the reaction of the people around me I was fine with the tantrum I was like it's fine if she screamed like I can I can handle it but what I could not handle back then was the reaction of the public like the looks the comments the oh, the, yeah. the shushing the whatever like that was the thing that freaked me out. And that was then getting me all worked up because I was so concerned about that that I then projected it onto her. And then I had a fight with her, although in general, I was totally fine with her not having it. But that was then the whole thing where I really shut this down. And now I'm when someone gives me a comment, I'm like, well, I'm super glad for you to help me totally open you have a suggestion what else what should i do and that shuts them usually down because i'm like well it's not fun for me i'm not enjoying this i can't so it's believe like, people yeah. even make comments yeah it's like sometimes people really think like well like this is very loud i'm like yeah i agree it's fucking loud and i would be super annoyed too but if you have a solution i'm so happy to listen so happy I just I really I just, have let this go. I I just can't get over people. I guess it's probably either a much older generation who are like authoritarian like or author mm -hmm. or authoritative parents who are kind of like no it's your rule so you tell the child or else it's yeah. a younger generation who probably don't have kids who are kind of like hey you know your child's annoying me like shut them up. And but in between like we've had this conversation before is like 
just giving a wink to someone like or just kind of being like, hey, it's okay, you know, and just kind of just even just just giving them space or even can I do anything or whatever it is, because at the end of the day, as like the mother or the father, just caregiver in general is you need to just to get down to their level and just be like, look, you know, I see you. I know you wanted this. And I, I think probably I don't know if it's gentle parenting. I don't know if it's conscious parenting. I don't know what it is. I don't want even a title about how I parent. For me, it's just a case of I'm not trying to negotiate with a terrorist t- t- toddler kind of thing here, <laughs> but I am trying to kind of let them know and understand that they're kind of like, I, I see what you're going through. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. we'll can, we can take a moment here. And, you know, it's about regulation because at the end of the day, like you say, it's like we get dysregulated because of being a public. If we're at home, we're able to kind of manage it a lot better. In those moments, it's a case of, okay, let's just take a moment here and, you know, we can drop everything. We're not in a rush. And I do feel so bad when I see parents who are rushing around left, right and center and they really have to go somewhere and the kid's having a meltdown. And you've seen them on YouTube and TikTok and Instagram where people are literally physically carrying a child under their arm or in their hand or whatever just to get to the next place. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, I've done that. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, I think I just avoided going places because I didn't want to have to go through that. And that's my honest truth. You know, coming from COVID, we didn't go anywhere anyway. And so I became used to it. And then I thought, hey, this is going to be much easier to manage if, you know, we just don't go places, I guess. Yeah. And one thing that is also super important is that every tantrum is a new chance. I know this sounds horrible right now, but we don't need to speed ourselves up if we haven't reacted or acted in the perfect way that we had anticipated we want to handle tantrums. And maybe we did get loud. Maybe we we said something that we didn't want to say. Maybe we were not as patient. But you know what? They're going to have another 10,000 tantrums where we can practice that. So that's also don't beat yourself up about it because it's practicing, practicing, adjusting. It's like trial and error, trial and error every single time. And the tantrum is going to be triggered by something else that you cannot prepare for. So that's also something that I have really been starting to be gentle with me. It's like every time is a new chance. And of course, I have set one very strict rule, like there is no physical violence from my side, because that's just like, that's like bare minimum, like that's the rule that I'm never going to overstep. But I have yelled at my child and I have carried them when they didn't want to be carried. So these are like stuff like that happens. But one thing that I have always done, I have apologized and I've explained why when the storm has passed and I said, man, I got so loud. I was so stressed and I'm I'm very sorry that I got so loud and next time I'll try it differently. And it works. I mean, I have had situations where my child has said, hey, can we say sorry to each other? And I'm like, yeah, I, wow. yeah, let's say sorry to each other. And that was, that's what I know it works. Like they, they're monkeys. Monkey see, monkey does. When she sees mommy can be upset, but then also mommy can own it mm-hmm. and say, I did this. And I'm very sorry. And next time I will try to do it better. And that's the language that they will learn. And that's the behavior that they will learn. And also voicing my feelings in these situations has helped me. And now she even asks me, oh, are you annoyed? Are you upset? Are you angry? Because she knows the lingo now where she, or and also she can assess the situations where she feels like, oh, I think mommy's like not happy right now because I've said, oh, I'm very annoyed right now or I'm super stressed or I feel very angry right now. So really like 
also sharing these feelings with them because I know that the whole approach of, of course, when they are upset and you're like, oh, you're so angry, right? You're so upset. And it's but like you're labeling them. Their feeling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But very little times you see where you can voice your feelings, right? And it's not like I'm using her as a therapist or play. I'm not saying you made me like, no, oh, no. I am angry. Yeah. This situation made me angry. This made me annoyed. This made me that. This made me that. And I have started seeing occasions where she has replicated that. And I'm like, oh, yes, it is working. Parenting is working. I mean, the be all and end all is always know you can't talk any logic when a child's in a tantrum. Yeah. Oh. There's no point raising your voice. There's no point even talking. What there is a point is being there physically. Yeah. Letting yeah. them know that you're there and that you will wait for them because their brain has just shut down. So you cannot actually say anything to them because nothing's going to go in. And if anything, it potentially escalated to an even worse situation. And I mean, we're talking about like, you know, just children in general. We're not talking about anyone, any children with any other sensitive issues that, you know, we're not going to discuss that. Obviously, we have no experience in that. But we're just saying in general with our children, it's a case of this is how we're kind of managing it. These are the way we we do it. I mean, if my daughter has a tantrum about something, I could be sitting on the floor for like 10 minutes beside her as she carries it out. But the thing is, she knows she can come to me. There is no love withheld. It's always there. She knows she's always loved. And then afterwards, later, then we can kind of discuss it a little bit. Sometimes she doesn't understand it. Sometimes she does. But at the end of the day, I feel, as you say, monkey see, monkey do. I do think it probably takes a hundred times for them to go through something yeah. before they can start learning it. And I never, ever, ever want to distract her from her emotions because I yeah. need her to go through them. Even if it's those hundred times, she needs to go through them every single time fully without being, yeah. you know, distracted by something shiny for her to start learning about these emotions. Yeah. Exactly. And that's also the thing that where I stop always trying to fix this. Like you said, like, of course, I can distract them. Oh, let's watch TV or like, what's we'll do this or do that. And it's like, no, she needs to, like you said, experience it and also experience that she is in control of letting it go. Mm. You know, it's a whole and it, process it, and regulation. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And really, like, I don't need to fix it right now because obviously I'm also having phases in the day where I'm less patient, I'm more annoyed, I'm more stressed, I'm just aggressive, or I'm in, I'm having my period, like I'm my cycle, like that's also stuff that I go through. So I'm sure children also go through their cycles and their stuff. So and it, that's the fourth point. To, yeah, 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 that's the fourth point is strong emotions being a worry, fear, shame, or anger, those kind of things that can overwhelm a child because they don't know how to go through them. And, you know, this yeah. is going to take many years for them. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, this is myself and Marin and like how we're kind of doing with it. And it's a case of it's a constant reminder. And, you know, yes, we'll cry as well with our child on the floor. And as Marin says, you know, sometimes you have to pick them up to carry them out, whatever it is. At the end of the day, you're the parent, you know, your child, trust yourself, trust your child as well. Hopefully you'll be able to get through these tantrum years. It's all a phase. And we're, we're here with you. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So for now, this has been some damn chats. Hit us up if you have any questions or any topics you want to discuss or if you want to get online yourself and have a chat with us about something specific. We're open for them. And, you know, we're here. We're going through something similar. You might be going through or might have gone through, might resonate with you. Till next time. Till next time. Bye.